Nowadays, America is a generally unhappy, bitterly divided country. Just who, though, is principally at fault for ruining it? Aaron Clary, one of our time's most outspoken economists, who's also a former professional ballroom dance teacher, believes that conservative fathers are the culprit, even though he himself is a man of the right. Exactly where does his perspective come from? He explains on this week's episode of Cato Gottfried. I'm your co-host, Joseph Ford Cato, editor-in-chief of the San Francisco Review of Books. My co-host is Paul Gottfried, head of our editorial board. Aaron, your perspective that conservative fathers are ruining America is, I think, something that most conservatives, if not all, would find to be somewhat uh, disturbing uh, and disagreeable. But at the same time, as someone who's obviously not approaching this from the left, where do you, uh, what feeds your perspective here? What did you notice that made you first uh, latch on to this idea? Uh, the, the first and very painfully obvious example is there's a talk show in my neck of the woods called Garage Logic. And these guys have for years, I mean, quite literally a decade minimum, <clears throat> have been on the higher education bubble and the insanity going on in academia. And the co-host, he's this conservative and he's got kids and yeah, man. And, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, if, if there's somebody on my team and someone ideologically aligned with me and they're going to do what's right, for their family and they're gonna, what what they preach is what they practice is gonna be these guys. Well then, uh, St. Kate's, which is a uh, small little uh, all women's liberal arts college in the Twin Cities, uh, they have uh, a women's leadership symposium every year and uh, they invite women leaders of the community to come and talk to the, the female students and it makes sense because it's an all girls exposure to all, all women's leadership symposium. Well, they canceled it because there were not enough minority women. There were too many white women and Asian women uh, that they canceled this. And these guys are talking about how this is hypocritical, it does not benefit women, all the other standard hypocrisies and, and, and you can say lies uh, embedded in that move. Well, then it comes out, the, the co-host's daughter goes to this school. And uh, you guys know my background about how I've warned about worthless degrees in the liberal arts colleges and all that. And it almost felt like a betrayer getting stabbed in the back. Not personally. I don't know this person personally. But if I can't expect a co-host on a conservative talk show a program who, who is fully aware and cognizant of the dangers of worthless degrees and the leftist indoctrination and send your kids to overpriced colleges and the cost of tuition, then sends his own daughter there, it kind of makes you wonder what, 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 why am I, what am I doing this all for? Why should I keep fighting? So that was merely just one data point, one anecdote. But then I started seeing this in other uh, friends and other uh, acquaintances or just simple people I knew who I knew they were conservative fathers but when it came to the most important thing, your children, they fumbled the ball when it came to passing on conservative or at least free market libertarian type ideas and principles, and especially when it came to sending your kids off to college. And I, I guess the, the not necessarily the straw that broke the camel's back, but another straw that was certainly added onto it a while ago, I want to... Run, I hate to use the word because this really isn't what it is, a, a militia. 
but more of a survival group where in case there's an emergency, electricity goes down, whatever, uh, the first thing you got to do is you, there's safety in numbers. So if this were to happen, we all get together and what we would do is we would, you know, we train in hunting, survival, uh, weaponry, uh, defense, uh, construction, first aid, health, you know, just like in case things get really bad, we're going to come out of it all right. And all my friends were like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. And then when it came time to actually show up and do that, nobody's showing up. Nobody wants to do it. Uh, I had dreams that there might be a physical component where you're like, yeah, you actually have to work out. Let's go run. Let, you know, get in somewhat decent physical condition. And these people couldn't walk a block or a mile. So what I ended up finding out uh, somewhat saddening me uh, is that. Here you guys, you got these people on the internet or on the on the right or online or on the news, and yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, and it's all words. It's all words. Uh, where where when it actually comes time to put up or shut up, these guys don't put up, they shut up. And so that then sent me off on this on this tirade, which is the article that you read. Where look, I know liberal fathers, leftist fathers. Uh, these cowards and spineless, quote, men who, you know, kowtow to their wives and whatever you want, sweetheart. Oh, my, my little precious kids and they can't do no wrong. You do whatever you want. I, I have no expectations of them. But when I start seeing people on my own uh, political aisle uh, fail and make the exact same mistakes and not tell their kids, no, you're not going to get a degree in English. We live in an English speaking country. It's kind of like, wow, I, okay, what am I going to do? If, you're, if you guys are going to do that for your kids, why should I uh, be standing here writing articles about economics, making the case for freedom, making the case for low taxes, making the case for capitalism? If you guys aren't even going to invest in the future and, and your own flesh and blood by preventing them from making these horrible mistakes. And so I really, I really wanted it to get people angry. I really wanted these, these sheepish little uh, chicken hawks, if we could call them that, I guess, in a certain different regard, where you, you talk a big game on the internet about how you, oh, let's do this, and we're for freedom, we're for guns, da 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 uh, But then when it comes time to actual action, they're hypocrites. And so I, I wanted to wake people up a little bit and insult the people who, who just fail when it comes time to perform. You, you know, I, I'm, listen, I'm listening to your tirade, and <laughs> I, think, I, I think if anything, it's excessively subdued. Uh, if you know anything about me, I've devoted about the last 40 years of my life to attacking the conservative movement. It's not just that they're hypocrites. Uh, they are repulsive careerists. Um, they're spineless cowards. Uh, and they're always turning on their own as soon as the enemy attacks. Um, uh, I, I've been one of their victims and many other victims. They're constantly purging people, you know, who talk out. And if you turn on Fox News, uh, you find that they have to bring on black conservatives in order to attack black race hustlers because the whites are terrified, you know, of, of doing anything like this. Uh, uh, and it, it's uh, uh, if, if, if they have on a, uh, a woman, they, they're very careful to explain we are second wave feminists, we're not third wave feminists. What they do is, uh, is capitulate piecemeal to the enemy. They've been doing this for the last 40 years. And I would expect nothing from them. I, I think that a major problem that we face here and in other Western liberal democracies, to use that, uh, uh, that silly term, 
uh, is that you know the right is gutless. There is no right. It's for, it's purely functional uh, because the system requires some at least nominal opposition to the the left that's in power. And this is the basically the role that the the so-called conservative movement uh, fills. I I agree with what you're saying, but I think the problems are so deep and so systemic uh, that they go well beyond anything that you've said. Well, it could be. I mean, this was just fathers in relation to their children and specifically right. education. Um, but I I know in attending what handful of Republican Party meetings I have, it, that is equally depressing. Where they uh, to tell you another story, not to keep telling stories, but to tell you another story. No, no, I was, mean I, I agree. They, they, the Republican Party is depressing. Oh, it's sad. I mean, it's it's a joke. We we walked in and they explicitly wanted me to, to consult them on how do we get younger men into the Republican Party, and I put right. together some research. I put together da, 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 and they were appalled. Like, like they were just almost trembling when I said, well, you better go get some hot young girls, because if you want young men, it's like a bar. You better go get some hot <laughs> right. girls. And how do you get hot girls? Well, I don't know that, but that's your that's your strategy there. And I never heard from them again, never again. And it's like, what are you going to do? Sit there with your group therapy? That's essentially what it's become now is this group therapy session where they talk and they mope and they maybe post something, but nobody actually does anything. No. No, I know I, I I agree, and and you know you have to also factor in that the the average viewer of Fox News is approaching seventy, uh, and uh, the average reader of National Review is almost that old. Uh, being seventy six, though, these people seem young to me. Uh, uh, I probably have been around I've been around longer, but uh, the the, uh, the the reality is that you're dealing mostly with older people. Most millennials are not interested, and they, of course they've, they've been indoctrinated by the left. Um, and uh, you know, if they work for the conservative movement, it's because somebody's paying them, uh, or they're not talented enough to work for the left. Uh, right. So th- I think I think the situation is probably grimmer than anything that you've uh, that you've encountered so far. Right. Well, and it, it almost pushes the the discussion and you being older and certainly wires, you could probably is it is it even worth getting worked up about or is it you know, you got a finite amount of time on this planet. And again, maybe I should just go golf or maybe I should just go sit in the hot tub or something and not get worked up about it. But it, it's it's almost impossible. I mean, try to be as indifferent and robotic as you can when you got somebody who's a professional conservative, you know, we could almost put it that way, a professional conservative sending his son or daughter uh, to to a leftist indoctrination camp, and then they're Why shocked, not? shocked, you know. And no, no, it's kind of like... They, look, I mean, that person is a conservative because it's a career decision sending your kids to a leftist university that... Uh, you know, that brings prestige is also a career decision. You want your kids to make out well, right? Uh, so, you you know, and then you send them to these, these schools, and if they, you know, if they become leftists, as long as they marry well or, you know, have a homosexual partner who earns money or, or something like that, it's, it's okay. Or one, one thing I've found, and this is sad and depressing, is, is the number, I, I run a consultancy where I help out uh, younger men and women uh, in, as it pertains to college, career, and education. One of the more common problems I'm running into is where they've gone to college, they're approaching graduation, they're a year or two out, and um, they find out they don't want to be in college. They don't know what to do. They're, they don't like their degree. They find out their degree is worthless or whatever like that. And 
they can't tell their parents, I want to quit college until I figure, until I figure out what I want to do, which is a very wise right. and mature thing to do. Why keep wasting the money and the time? And there's, right. And their parents are like, no, you have to go to college because there's like this shame or dishonor that they'll bring to the family. I'm like, well, that's not love. That's your parents using you and living vicariously through you. And that that's not in your best interest. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a mentality or a selfishness or, or, or something that I'm fighting against, but I'm, I'm trying to trying to let go and Zen out and not let it bother me as much as it has. To play well, devil, I, I don't know. Sorry, I, go ahead, Paul. <laughs> go ahead. No, I, um, I, I've, I've encountered, by the way, the same thing in something which my wife, it's my second wife, my first wife died, but it's my, uh, uh, she, she's noticed that most of my kids place excessive value on attending certain universities, like if you go to Yale or uh, Stanford, someplace like that. Um, and you, uh, I, I've, I've, I've noticed that among especially among neoconservatives, many of whom are Russian Jews who come to the United States and so forth, and they're sort of, you know, they're upwardly mobile. Um, uh, sending their kids to an Ivy League school is really a, a sort of a rite of passage to become part of the new aristocracy. We no longer have a WASP aristocracy, but whatever, you know, uh, has taken its place is something you can join if you send your kids to a certain university, live in a certain neighborhood. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that, you know, John Podoritz would send his kids to, uh, you know, some leftist school. Um, although occasionally I do hear from people, you know, asking me, you know, what, what is a decent school to which I can send my kid? Uh, and then I really have a problem. You know, once I get beyond someplace like Grove City or, you know, uh, Bob Jones is academically not very good, I'm afraid. Uh, University of Chicago seems to be, uh, you know, the least corrupt of these corrupt institutions, but it's very expensive. Um, and, you know, if, if your kid does not want to go to college and his manager to, you know, to luck into some decent job or goes into vocational school, I think that's fine. Uh, uh, I, you know, I tell this to my kid about my grandchildren now, and... Uh, I, I really, you know, ha- having been a professor for 40 years, I have utter contempt for American universities. You know, <laughs> so don't come to me and expect me to talk them up because I won't do that. <laughs> to play devil's advocate here, Aaron, some conservative fathers might say that you're using your limited experience and then imposing that onto conservative fatherhood as a whole across the country. What would you say to them? Um, explain that again. Like, like I'm a pl- I'm, I'm you brought painting with a broad brush exactly. kind of uh, thing. Correct. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, I saw, I saw most Asians are short. Uh, most basketball players in the NBA happen to be black and mm-hmm. most fathers in America, Democrat or Republican, conservative or le- leftist are failing their children. Um, I, I, there are, there are some fathers I know who are good fathers and they are not failing their children. Um, but it's, it's not the instance or even the principle of failing your children, especially as it violates your politics. It's that it's just so common in my own personal life. And if you look at it, that's just mean, you could say, well, Aaron, that's still selection biased. You would think with the at least decade long uh, uh, chronicling and documentation of the insanity going on at these universities that at least we should we should have half 
the enrollment we do now. But every year we keep getting more and more and breaking record number of children enrolling into college. And my question is, where are the fathers? I mean, there, if there's Republican conservative fathers out there, people should be tapering off. We, we, there should be an exodus, a huge exodus uh, from these colleges, uh, especially the humanities and the liberal arts, but it's just not happening. So despite having, you know, say a Rush Limbaugh coming on the scene in the 80s and the 90s, uh, the advent of the internet, um, other notable uh, media personalities, the creation of Fox News, websites like the College Fix, the Chronicle of Higher Education, or just heck, even even your mainstream media publications sometimes can't not publish stuff going on, like say at Evergreen State College or Mizzou. You think with all that, there'd be some ward cleavers out there and say, oh wait, no, you're not going to that school. That's not going to be happening. And and there are some, but nowhere near enough. Unfortunately, they're the exception to the rule, not the rule. You, you know, there, 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 there is a very interesting book by Byron Kaplan, um, which is intended to be an argument against sending your kids to university. But I, I found that by the time I finished reading his book, I came away with exactly the opposite conclusion, uh, that by going to college, uh, however you get hold of the money, you know, the government will provide you with loans, and there are lots of people who, uh, you know, do not pay back the loans, and they, uh, they receive some kind of remission. Um, but, you know, you, you earn more money uh, if you attend a university, uh, and over a working lifetime, it, you know, it, it amounts to hundreds of thousands of dollars more that you'll be earning in some cases, you know, even more than that, uh, if you attend a university as opposed to, you know, dropping out of school or, or dropping out of the educational system after high school. Uh, now, I think that's changing because I think, as Aaron said, the, the price of, of colleges is really going up uh, in proportion, one might say, to uh, the rise in government loans. Uh, because when you get more loan, when when the government puts more money into it, then colleges raise their tuition. There seems to be, you know, a direct correlation between the two. Um, but you know, at, at least for the time being, uh, a, a college degree does have financial value, no matter what you're paying for the college, and no matter what kind of crap you have to listen to from, you know, from lunatic or sexually disoriented teachers when you're uh, when you're attending the institution. Well, the only the only problem I have with that was well, there's one problem, and then and one point that you made that, that I agree with, is it's it's lifetime earnings, and the problem with lifetime is you need to live a lifetime so you can say, oh, you'd have the longitudinal study to to calculate yes, and and we've seen the studies, and you know it was shown to me back in the 80s when I was in school, like oh, if you have a if you drop out of high school, you're gonna get get the flu and you're going to die you're going to live under a bridge oh you graduate from high school well you get to live under a bridge but not have the flu oh you're getting associates well you might make this bachelors you make an extra half a million and then masters and doctorate and doctorates made you know, like i think it was i think it was in the millions more um that but the problem problem with that data is okay i'm looking at that in the 80s and 90s well that came from even the silent generation to the baby boomers going back to the 50s to, to that current day back in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, what I think we had, we've done now is we've flooded the market with these degrees. I think going forward, you will see very little difference between a bachelor's and a high school diploma. There'll be very little difference between a master's and a bachelor's. I'd even say there'd be very little difference between a master's and a, and a, and a doctorate uh, because we flooded the market with all these. Uh, and then the other thing, as you pointed out, is yeah, 
it was great, you know, in 1962 when tuition, you could work it off and pay for it with a part-time job. And uh, any degree, any degree was a good degree. But now you're forking over a hundred grand at the state schools, and and that money you talk about opportunity cost. Well, you know, a lot of times people are forking over enough money that they could buy a house, and so the the return on investment just just isn't there. I predict will not be there going into the future. Yeah, I, I would think when uh, when I started college, the. Uh, uh, a year's tuition at an Ivy League institution like Yale. I lived in Connecticut, and I, I went to Yale as, as a graduate, though not as an undergraduate. But if I'd gone as, as, as an undergraduate, it would have been $1,200 a year. It's up to about $75,000 a year now. <laughs> and the education is in every way inferior to the one that you know would have been available to me back then. And that's, of course, uh, uh, more than adjusting for inflation, the, the difference between... Right, yeah. right. No, no, I mean, it's... it's. Uh, I was talking to this, uh, Charles Murray once, and he, he, uh, he also went to, he went to Yale as an undergraduate, and he was figuring out how much, you know, uh, I think his son or somebody had attended it, and uh, it was about 10 or 15 times as much as he had paid, you know, as an, his parents had paid for him as an undergraduate. And he said, you know, if it was just looking at inflation, uh, it would have been considerably less... What he landed up paying for his son. It's amazing. It really is. I, it's because more people are going to college. That, that, I think, is the bottom line. And, of course, then you have these government loans that support everyone's right, desire right. to go to college. I think the best scheme for college is if you can get a scholarship, go. Uh, or if your parents can pay for it, go. But otherwise, there's no point in going. Yeah, Aaron is solid on this. You should go to a trade school mm-hmm. and learn something economically viable. But uh, now you have so many people who are getting, you know, Bachelor of Arts in uh, Sexuality Studies or whatever the hell it is. Right. That, you know, it's, it's just, it's totally useless economically and it burdens you with debt and it's just a lose-lose any way you look at it. But then there's the social status thing, which you were mentioning, Paul. Uh, it's not even just the Ivy League, it's just getting the diploma. So it's, uh, it's really a bad situation. I, I think that a lot of conservative fathers really overlook this and they, uh, they're using an outdated guidebook, so to speak, in order to make uh, decisions for their kids. It's, uh, it's sad. And then, of course, a lot of those kids go on to become lefties when they have a bleak economic future because they think capitalism uh, or the establishment has failed them. Aaron, do you have any perspective on that last point? I, I'd like to say, uh, you know, the fathers, they don't know any better, and they could say, well, any degree is a good degree, but today's fathers are not the baby boomers. Uh, mm-hmm. The baby boomers are in their 60s and 70s now. Today's fathers are my generation, and my generation, or at least I remember it. I don't know what happened to the rest of my cohorts in my generation. Apparently, they forgot everything that happened. Any degree was not a good degree. You you graduated into the, the dot-com recession. Uh, then we had the housing bubble. Of course, most of us were in our 30s, but early 30s by that time. Um, and this was a college degree, especially to us, was not this magical ticket uh, to a stable nuclear family with a white picket fence mm-hmm. and zero debt. Uh, I still have some some people my age who still have student debt 20 years later on. College certainly was nowhere near as expensive as it is today, but it was not cheap either back then. And so when I don't I don't think we can even forgive fathers of today unless you had an oopsie baby and you're 62 and like, oh, that Richard Nixon sure was a crazy fella. 
Uh, most people, most fathers today are in their 30s and their 40s, maybe their 50s if the kids are going to school, and they darn well should know better. They should – you you don't even have to be a, a, a generation. You just got to look and say – like, for example, the St. Kate's, St. Catharines, I think it was $53,000 a year. A year! You should look at that and say that's 200 thousand or 225,000 by the time tuition is done being jacked up. You you should be able to do a cost benefit analysis. It's like if I asked you guys, you went to McDonald's and the McDonald's person said, oh, a Big Mac will cost $17. You might say, hey, wait a minute, something fishy is going on here because you intuitively know the value is not worth $17. But apparently nobody blinks. Even even parents are co-signing their students, their kids' student loans to get doctorates in theater, and now it's crippling their retirement. I run into a couple clients like that. So I, I, I cannot, I'd like to find out some kind of rhyme or reason, but unfortunately I'm just gonna go with ignorance and stupidity. That's all I'm gonna well, go with, ignorance, know, I, stupidity, I, and laziness. No, I, I think one could actually make a cost-benefit analysis in some cases. I, I worked at a college which is located across the street from where we live. Uh, it is a sort of uh, fairly mediocre general college which sort of styles itself a liberal arts college. Um, it, uh, it attracts mostly kids from the suburbs of Philadelphia, uh, Baltimore. Some kids come from Long Island. Uh, some kids come from, you know, uh, come from Connecticut. Uh, we're not that far away from any of those places. Uh, typically, one parent is Irish and the other one is Italian. And uh, they both work full-time, and I don't know, some of them uh, own restaurants or laundromats or what else. And they typically send their daughters here. Their daughters are usually pleasant-looking, but not particularly bright. They major in education, social work, uh, things that are not, you know, too intellectually taxing. Uh, then they, you know, they demonstrate for Black Lives Matter or something like that. And they get all of this for about, you know, uh, a four-year cost of about $200,000. Now, Aaron would say this, this is a hell of a lot of money, but for them it is not. Uh, because to them, uh, you know, coming to a, uh, a college in Pennsylvania with pretty buildings, uh, you know, in, in a safe environment, uh, that is one that is predominantly, you know, white Protestant. Um, uh, you know, where they're they're they they're going to meet a significant other who's not probably very different from themselves. Um, uh, th these these things are worth a great deal in terms of the social prestige of the parents. They come here, they take pictures of the school. They're very happy that you know that it had the school uh, features quaint graduation ceremonies. Uh, so for those people, it is, you know, emotionally worth the investment, that socially and emotionally worth the investment they're making. I wonder how Aaron <laughs> would respond to this, uh, to this attempt to find, I suppose, some kind of economic rationality, you know, in the decision to send to your kids to what seems like an overpriced college. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it economic. I call it math <laughs> because economics applies some philosophy or thought. The, Right. It'd be fine if you sent little Susie Q off to the liberal arts college and she's going to go protest and, and do whatever. She gets her worthless degree and maybe she, she gets her MRS degree and finds a husband and she works a part time job at the local uh, you know elementary school teaching kids that there's 17 right. genders and, and that their communism is great. I, 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 see, I see you've been here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so and 
And the, and they could say that's prestige. What I'm looking at is the reality is can that family, including the student and the parents, digest those costs? Mm-hmm. Because what is very real now is that, uh, and we're going into uncharted territory, I think with the millennials, we're, go- we're going to see what happens here, where you have, I consider, life-crippling debts. Their financial lives are crippled. And so now the student becomes a pariah upon the parents, either through living at home or constantly needs money. The students don't understand, quite literally, do not understand compound interest. And they're shocked that at 6%, their student loans that was 50000 are now 75000 you know, seven years later, however the math works out like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this postpones other things that I say are more important than prestige, like do you want to start a family? Are you... Forget financially successful, forget rich. Can you pay your bills? Are your wages getting garnished? Are you in a arms race now because you got a worthless degree? Now you gotta get a master's or a doctorate just so you can maybe make some track and headway in your career career profession. All of a sudden you're 58, you still have student loans for your master's in public health administration. You got divorced because frankly you're a spinster and no guy could tolerate your blathering about feminist indoctrination and how great, you know, whoever is the latest thing. Uh, these are the, they're ruining lives, and it's it's so I can understand this temporary prestige, but I'd say that the prestige and pride and comfort is the exact same thing as, as buying a luxury or a sports car. Yeah, you have prestige, right. right? You got this nice, comfy Mercedes, and it's got heated seats or cooled seats or seats that are just nice and friendly, and they talk to you. Whatever seats they are. In the end, that $70,000 Beamer or the $80,000 Mustang crippled your finances, and all it is is transportation. And so I would argue that if you're going to, quote, school, um, go to school to get an education so you can get a, a job, just as when you buy a car, you get it for transportation, not prestige. Uh, and Joe, I don't know if you guys may like this, the article I wrote, is the economic nature of college degrees. I equate it to a wedding because these kids are no longer going to college for an education or for career or some kind of return on investment. I wouldn't even say they're going for prestige. The parents might get the prestige out of it. I'd say these kids are going for the college experience, and I liken it to a wedding where it's a, a girl's her day, and it's the most uneconomic, economic, irrational uh, 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 financial decision to make because you blow all this money on one day and you get nothing tangible out of it. It's the same thing I think with these kids is they view the college experience as their birthright coming out of a, a prison system known as K through 12 public schools. And they just right. wanna be free. And this is all they've ever been sold and told. This is like the land of Canaan. And and yeah, here we are, we've made it to the promised land. Uh, but they view it as the promised land, not no, you gotta work and study and get a degree here so that you could apply for jobs and survive and have a good long-term life. So it is a a luxury good. It's a very luxury good as it's being treated right now. I have to, uh, two things. Number one, uh, what uh, Paul and Aaron, we were both discussing about uh, what Paul mentioned, how there are some families who think the social capital from sending their girls to a liberal arts college is great. Those parents, uh, really, that's the old saying, a fool and his money are soon parted. And I have no sympathy for them and the troubles they'll have to endure because of their poor decision making. And if any of those people call themselves conservatives, I think it's a total disgrace. And that's coming from someone who doesn't consider himself to be a member of the conservative movement. But it's you know, an appalling thing. And I guess, I guess Aaron could write books upon books upon books about that sad phenomenon. 
But uh, <laughs> getting back to what Aaron was saying about that article, no, I haven't read it. Uh, I would like to read it. And I'll, if you send the mm-hmm. link to me, I'll include it when, with this episode so other people can read it and, and get a handle on what you were saying because it's very true and just as interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll send a, a link to you. But, um, but yeah, it's, please, it's, please, yeah, please send us the link because I, I am interested in educational issues and, and write in them occasionally. Yeah, it's just it's just a, an observation I had about the temporary, fleeting, luxurious, and ultimately unproductive mm-hmm. uh, manner or nature rather of college degrees, where they reflect temporary. It's like bottle service in Vegas. It's like, well, you had your fun, and and now you're hungover mm-hmm. without the cute girls. You know. It's... <laughs> uh, for the last question, Aaron. Do you think that in the future, the foreseeable future at least, conservative fathers will become more, uh, I guess you could say that they'll man up about this, or do you think that this trend will persist? And Paul, of course, add your two cents after he's done. No, uh, and not to bring it back on me and my personal experiences, but um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty hardcore right, very libertarian, uh, very type A, and uh, my friends, you know, when you're, you think these are my, oh, yes, we all agree we're here. That's going to happen. This, I mean, and then when you see your best friends and people you personally know or people you look up to or celebrities uh, 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 all of a sudden fail in spectacular regards, uh, I don't what What's the rank and file milky toast Republican dad who's on the verge of divorce? If they don't get into a good school district, according to white people, what kind of front is he going to uh, stand up against to keep his kids from being brainwashed and indoctrinated either uh, by the schools or half the time by, by the wife herself? Uh, so I have no hope for the future in this regard. And when you look at the pressure and the indoctrination they've put on generations since my generation, uh, I don't want to say anti-male, but certainly more effeminate male. The, you know, be more sensitive. And now we got outright, you know, male hatred, which in the form of, well, toxic masculinity and being male and aggressive is bad. That has so been beaten out of boys. I mean, have you seen Gen Zers? Have you seen them? They're looking at their phones. They can't do a push up. The millennials, they got their beards, they drink their craft beer, and they think it's manly because they got a fancy glasses. This is, there is so little testosterone in the younger generations that it is only going to get worse. So I I do not see conservative fathers um, uh, uh, pulling through for us in the future. Paul? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to add two points. First of all, I I, I think the argument that there there may be sort of low testosterone in some of these males that we're seeing uh, uh, does not sound uh, implausible or unreasonable. Uh, uh, having grown up in the 1950s, I remember men were much more manly than what I'm seeing now. Uh, they would never have put up with these control by uh, by ranting feminists. This this would have been inconceivable. Uh, men would never have stood for this. And uh, the the attempt to attribute this to some kind of uh, you know diminution in male chemical supplies may, may, may in fact you know have some truth and i have seen some data that would suggest that this is not far fetched the, the the other point i was going to make however um is that one, one of the major problems we have with college education is that most people who go to college um are not uh, intellectually or dispositionally equipped to be in college um uh they 
uh, they, they have very little interest in college, what was real college-level work. Uh, many of them do not have the the intellectual capacity to do it. Uh, but you know, they're promised the college education, and there are many colleges, and they're competing for bodies, uh, live or dead bodies, whatever. As long as these are tuition-bearing bodies, uh, and you, you know, you have to do something to entertain these kids who uh, have neither the capacity nor the interest in learning uh, at the college level. You know, you're not going to teach them calculus. You're not going to teach them classical Greek. So you have to teach them something else, like, you know, human sexuality, queer studies, whatever. Uh, or, you know, uh, uh, take what is really a kind of uh, vocational field, um, a sort of low-scale vocational field like uh, elementary education, and turn it into a real college discipline, right? Uh, but that's because you're dealing with people who are not really able to do serious college work and who are not attending college for that. They're, as, as Aaron said, they're there for the college experience uh, in which, uh, according to Byron Kaplan, less than 5% you know, of their time will be spent on actually reading and studying uh, educational materials or working in an educational discipline, however we... Uh, we define the word educational discipline. So, so we 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 we're really doing this entertaining kids in, I suppose, the equivalent of Howard Johnson Resort for four years. Uh, and you know, this this is the problem we're up against. And like Aaron, I'm very pessimistic, you know, about the prospect of improving the situation. Any uh, remarks on that, Aaron? Before we go. Well, Paul is very intelligent and smart like me, so of course he's right. And so, uh, no, I just, uh, I would say there's one, I, I dare don't give myself a lot of hope, but I do believe uh, there is some hope in that some kids are starting to wake up a little bit uh, as, it turns, as it turns out uh, via the internet. Not that they've learned about uh, higher education bubbles and the waste of college stuff, but there are, college has gotten so expensive that the price is now pricing people out, that they're starting to look for alternatives. And now you have these online accredited uh, schools like Western Governors University, ASU Online. Some colleges themselves offer programs like community colleges are getting a huge boost where people like, forget this. I don't want to go through what my older millennial brother went through who's now living at home at 30. I'm going to go get the cheap classes online. Or I'm going to go down to the local community college while I'm still in high school right. and take classes for free. So I think there is, with the internet or other uh, entire professions that are being created, like digital marketing or these programming boot camps, you can sidestep college altogether. So not only did I see that it's beyond saplings or seedlings now. Um, these are turning and you start to see some some leaves being sprouted in these industries and these alternatives to education. So I think there's a little bit of hope, especially when it comes to poorer people, poorer students. They can't afford to go to Yale or Harvard. Mm. Uh, and they're and, and and when you see stuff happen at Evergreen and Mizzou and, you know, whatever crazy thing a leftist professor did this week, uh, that does scare five or six, maybe maybe even 20 people away from going to college. So uh, the leftist insanity, if it keeps getting turned up and tuition prices keep getting t turned up, inevitably people will not be able to attend and a very convenient 
and I say equal if not superior, I mean, you think about online colleges, you don't have to commute, you don't have to pay for parking, you don't have to walk, you take it at your convenience, you do whatever, you could work security while going to school. I, I did, I worked security and did my homework while working security. Um, there's, they're going, I think there's a future in online education as an alternative uh, um, to higher education. So I'm, I'm not holding my breath, but I, I do see some hopeful signs there. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. See you next week.